we're training the year. Virgil Hunter and I really enjoyed listening to John Charles and Frank on Real Boxing Talk. <laughs> and the bull is about to enter the ring. Okay. Um, welcome again to Ultimate Sports Network, the Real Boxing Talk, talking about real boxing and in reality of sports and max boxing and all the people that are involved in our lives and all the things that we do, um, they all cease to exist for the next hour. So here we are. Um, welcome again, gentlemen. We've got a, a lot to cover in this amount of time this week, so we're going to get right to it. A fight happened last weekend that uh, most people thought would happen a way that it did, and these two got it right. But I'm going to ask a different question. Okay, so we know who won the fight. Charles, I'm going to ask you first. Because of what we are seeing and where we're going to head from this, who was the better boxer in this fight? Oh, wow. The better boxer. Hmm. I mean, you can, I mean, if you wanted to go to Romero and say because he believed that he won a bunch of rounds and he was able to touch Tank Davis, um, I, I think it clearly was Javante Davis simply because of the fact that the patience uh, the one thing that I'm really um, impressed by him each fight and watching him is the growth as a fighter and the boxer. Because when I initially saw him coming out, I mean, a few years ago, I just saw this dude with a lot of power that uh, was just really trying to knock people out, would fall behind several rounds and, and then try to catch people with that that lightning in the bottle. But what we're seeing, what I've seen in the last couple of fights is the fact that he's very patient. Uh, at times he'll shoot. Uh, his shot, but he comes back and he's not really worried about it. But it's almost, I'm, and I'm, I don't want to put this out there, but it's almost as if I'm like, damn, is he sparring with Floyd Mayweather? Because I was thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, because yeah, of the patience, thing. the patience yeah. that he's showing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah. And everybody's like, well, you're going to try to knock the guy. And he's like, well, if you make a mistake, I'm going to punish you. And that's what he did when he, when he took out Romero. So to answer your question, I think the better boxer were Tank Davis because of the fact that he knew what their opponent was trying to do. He's trying to take a shot, trying to land a big shot. And although he took enough punishment, you can see by the redness on his face, uh, Tank Davis still, Javante Davis, showed a lot of poise. And the more I watch him, the more I'm thinking, man, he, he's turned into a guy that is going to be a hell of a problem for some of these top guys. So, yeah, he I think he clearly was the better boxer, and he continues to get better with each fight. And the reason I asked that was because we go into the fight, John, or at least the last few years of saying, Tank, if you name somebody Tank, you're not expecting to go out there and, and perform pirouettes and, and go out there. I mean, you're expecting to be a Tank, right? So the reason I asked that was because I think that we're seeing more from that. Now, same basic idea. Who was the better puncher in this fight? Well, Romero was trying to knock his head off on every punch, and he's obviously a very strong guy. I mean, that was obvious. He he can knock a, a partial building down, no doubt about it. And Tank was very respectful of that. He's very smart now. Tank Tank was raw. This is what I was thinking, Charles, when you were saying he was very raw when I saw him when he was like 21. And now he's turned into this. I don't want to say that word that Charles likes so much, but it's close. He's gotten to that point where he's he's well rounded. Okay, okay, crafty. He's gotten there, and and he I I got to say that again. I was thinking the same thing. I was watching. He's being like his mentor. You know, he's waiting, and then boom, 
he's countering, you know, and I mean, that was really cool. Romero, back to your question, Romero, a very strong guy, hits hard, but I never got the feeling watching the fight that Tank was in any danger. You know, Romero can say one every round and every minute. I mean, he's delusional. He didn't win every round, every minute. I mean, if I was close, it was competitive, but it just seemed like uh, Tank was the, 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 the scorpion. You know, he was the assassin. He was just kind of waiting. He's like, you make one mistake, bud. I'm going to knock your head off. And he did. And he, and he said, I didn't even throw it that hard. Mm-hmm. Romero just ran into it. Right. And that's and, and and he said the same thing I thought when it happened. I thought that's like Marquez and Pacquiao. He got the over aggressive guy, uh, used his own aggression against him. His momentum against him, yeah, right. And it was it was it was wonderful. It was a sweet science as far as I was concerned. So yeah, Romero hits. Does he hit harder than Tank? I I don't know about that because he hit Tank with some shots and nothing. And uh, did Romero learn a lot? I hope so. The problem with you get a guy like him is, is everybody tells him what he wants to hear. He doesn't learn anything. Right. You know, he, he, he said, I ran into a shot. Well, yeah, he ran into a shot, but he could have been doing more. You know, he was waiting too much and he was doing things. But yeah, he, he's obviously got a future. This, this, this loss is, I don't think, going to deter the guy. He's got a shtick that he loves. He's going to keep being the jerk. Everybody's booing him. I mean, I think he likes it. He wants to be the villain. Sells tickets, yeah, right? right. And then one more thing, Frank, what I found interesting. I don't know if you guys noticed this: is the 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 way Tank was acting with the crowd. Did you, did you notice the way he was looking around? It was almost like he he had an epiphany. Here I go with my psychobabble. It was like you know what? I got a pretty good thing going here. Yeah, let's. And I might not have. Up. Yeah, I might not have appreciated it as much when I was a kid, when I was 21, right. 22. But this is pretty damn cool. Did you see him smile when everybody was yeah, cheering for him? Right. Yeah. When he was announced. I mean, I, I thought that was great. I mean, he's he's uh he he's matured, he he's well-rounded, and and I agree with Charles. Anybody he fights, I'm not saying he's gonna beat everybody, but anybody he fights, he's gonna give him problems. He wants Ryan Garcia, so let's hope it happens. Well, Charles, you used the perfect word there, growth. That we sometimes think that. Either these guys are finished product when we see them the first time, or they don't really have potential to grow to become better. And I know when we were talking about Tank Davis a couple of years ago, it's like, well, he's this, this, and blah, 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 blah. He's not that guy anymore, which is good. You know, it looks like he's going to become more and more and somebody we can get behind and say, we need to see this guy fight some more. I think more so than just because he's going to knock the crap out of somebody, but he's actually going to go out there and perform and look like a fighter that we want to see. So I think that's positive. Now, let's segue into the next thing of are these two guys the same in the same vein, Cambosis and Haney? John, let's start with you. Which one of these guys has grown the most since we started seeing them and, and looks like they're going to be able to carry through? We're not looking about predictions of this fight right now, but they're going to become the standard bearers for this division. Or is it both or is it who knows what the heck's going to happen? Well, that's a tough question, Frank. I, I, I think obviously that Haney's the better fighter, that he, he's grown since I've seen him. Uh, Cambosis wasn't expected to win in December. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's, he's good, but we nobody expected him to win. Now, you could make an argument that he grew in that fight. Or you could make an argument that Lopez wasn't focused and Cambosis was laser focused. So anything you want to pick works there. So I think if you 
you look at the two of them, they brought Haney along the way you should bring a fighter along, kind of like they brought uh, Boots. They didn't rush him. They took their time with him. He won a marginal title. He won another title. Uh, he went to Mexico, if you guys don't know this, and had some really tough fights. Dad took him to Mexico, and he fought some what they we would call smokers back in the days, you know, small arena fights with some tough guys. That taught him a ton. Uh, so I would say as far as growth goes, uh, he had, okay, uh, honestly, he had a bit of a stumble against Linares when he got buzzed. But, you know, he still beat an extremely good fighter in Linares. He beat Gamboa. You know, he, he's, he's good. I think he's better. So I, I have to say that I think he's grown more. But see, Cam, Cambosis has that heart and pride and all that stuff. That It's just an abundance with the guy. He's not a guy you're going to deter. So Haney had better be on top of his game this Saturday with all the distractions, his dad, his the vaccine, having to have a rematch clause back in Australia if he wins. I mean, he gave away his soul to fight this guy. you got to admire that. We were talking about this before, remember? I mean, he, he's got a lot of belief in him. He's gambling on himself. And that's the way it should be in boxing. you got to believe that you can do this. And so, okay, back to your answering question, I think it's Haney. Okay. Charles, looking at the tail of the tape and looking at, and not the literal tail of the tape, but, you know, the, the positives here, the negatives here, are these intangibles that, that John just mentioned, are they enough, you know, being in Australia, having his dad not there, all these things, are these intangibles enough for Cambosis to say, I'm winning this fight? Or for him to show up and, and just say, I'm the, I should be the favorite. I'm going to win this fight. I'll say this. Uh, I think they play a major part. I think a big part. So people might act like that's not the key. But uh, when Devin Haney does not have his main trainer and I guess the, another trainer as well, that just, you know, his other uh, trainer as well. Ben right Davis, yeah. Yeah, right. he's not there. Davidson's not there. You got two men out there that have been in his ear and been guiding through whatever for a long time. And then you come into one of the probably the biggest fight of his life. I think this is the biggest fight of his life. And you go into foreign territory and um, based on principles or based on opinion, what we've seen in the past, it's going to be hard to get a decision in Australia. No. I, I just I just think if it's close. Yeah. No, really? I mean, you know, yeah, a lot of people, right. yeah, you, just, you think about that, but it's going to be hard. So with all of that, I think those uh, intangibles play a major part. So um, for Devin Haney, so if he is as great or good as he says he is, which he, I love the confidence. I love it. I mean, because he's coming in like, I don't care, whatever. I'm going by myself. I, I've been trained well. I, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for the big fight. Let's get it. And uh, I admire that. But uh, if he does not come with his game, if he's just a little off, and let me just say, I don't know. I can't predict it right now. I mean, we'll predict it later on. But Cambosis is no slouch. Right. He showed you what he did with Lopez because when Lopez beat, uh, you know, the second coming of whoever you want to call it, and the great Lomachenko, the whole world stopped boxing world was like oh my god you just be, right. you be greatness and there's no way uh and then he comes back around and he falls short you gotta give Cambosis a lot of love on that because he did it i don't care if he said he wasn't ready and had an injury say what you want to he got the victory and he took those belts and and you we all know that 
there's no way in heck Lopez is going to lay down and give just give his belts away. So if he wasn't ready, whatever it is, but you got to give Cambosa some love on that. And um, I think it's going to be a hell of a challenge for uh, Devin Haney. So we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, those intangibles are going to play a part. There's a lot going against him, even though he may be the better fighter, may be the better skill fighter. This might be the fight that he's been waiting on. But there's a lot because, I mean, I don't care what people say, and I know Devin Haney might still win. <laughs> but you're going over there without the people that basically brought you to the dance, baby. And now they say dance by yourself. You can't look over your dad and go, I'm in trouble. What can I do? I can't look at Davis. No, my guy, it's going to be, um, what is it? Uh, the, who's over there? Whose dad is over there? Is that? Uh, Judah, Judah's, Judah's dad is over Judah's there. Judah's dad, he's like, you better go and go, do what you got to do, boy. I mean, yeah. it's not the right. same. So a lot is against him. Uh, I think we're going to find out what he's made of, truthfully. I really do. I mean, I mean that with all honesty. We're going to find out what he's made of. Doesn't mean he can't win it, but uh, we're going to find out one way or another, particularly if he can't bose on this game. I'm excited to see it uh, overall. John, and this may be not the greatest example, but it reminds me of when Mike Tyson fought Buster Douglas and his corner had no idea what was going on. You're in Japan. You got the guy with a rubber glove or whatever it was with ice in it. and whatever. I mean, it, it was just like you have that safety net of the people that are in your corner doing what they do and I, as charles said you look over your shoulder you know what they're going to say before they say it, but you're still listening for it you know you hear that voice it cuts through the crowd noise because you've been hearing that voice your entire life and then suddenly you've got this other entity that may or may not know what the hell they're doing and as you're getting smacked in the face you're questioning what's going on on the ring now your question what's going on in the corner is, is that kind of what we're looking at here you think well, yeah, it's going to be hard for Haney. I, 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 I admire the fact, again, that he took the fight because a lot of guys, it's, look, if I can't have my trainer, I'm not my main trainer or my dad. I'm not going. Forget it. He could have easily, and most people, or some, some people would have went, I mean, like I, like I always, uh, since I always get paid every week when I mention him, I can't imagine Andre Ward without Virgil Hunter. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine it. I just don't think that Andre would have fought if he didn't have Virgil Hunter. I mean, they were that close. And Devin Haney and his dad are that close. So, I mean, not even if his dad isn't saying anything, the fact that he's in his corner is, is kind of a comfort, I'm sure, you know, a support that we all need. So, yeah, he's going to have to put his big boy britches on and, and figure this out for himself, I think. Now, Judah, Judah's uh, dad has been a trainer for years. He's very experienced. He's worked with Devin for a while. So, Hopefully he won't be there with that big balloon like you're talking about. <laughs> I, I'm joking. I think he'll be ready. I think he'll be prepared. Uh, I, I, I would, from what I, from, from what I read, uh, Bill Haney, Devin's dad, is very confident in Judah. So they're they're putting up the brave front. You know, they're saying all the right things. We got this. We got this. We got this. But damn, if he gets into a, if he gets knocked down and he's buzzed and he comes back to his corner and he's wobbly and he's sitting there, that's when his dad or Ben Davison could have said something to him that if, if Judah just says, hold on to him, hold on to him and run around or it doesn't give him any real solid advice right. that he hears, right. that's bad. So it, it, this, he's going to be walking a bit uh, like on the tightrope during this fight at times. And, he, and this is really, I mean, boxing is an is a individual sport, as we all know. 
he's really going to have to be basically the right. individual in there uh, right. Saturday. So it, it's going to, Cambos is going to have his own father in the corner with him. He's going to have all this team. He's going to be comfortable. He's going to be relaxed. And Haney will be all those things too. But I'm thinking the back of his mind, he'd be, or when he comes back to his corner, he'd be looking around, you know, where, so it, 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 it's a tough, it's a tough hill to climb. No doubt about that. When it starts to slide, it may really start to slide because right. there's no one else to stop the slide. Okay. Right. Now we've got a lot of things going on this weekend and I have a, a, a question for you guys. Okay. We were mentioning basically home field advantage, what we're talking about here, home court advantage, whatever. And we know that in the betting circles, you get three points if you're playing at home regardless. I mean, I don't get it. I played on road and played at home. It doesn't make a difference to me, but that's beside the point. But we're looking at something here that I think is interesting. And I told you ahead of time I was going to ask this question. I'm going to try and put it in a way where you can get it in a positive light. Charles, uh, Kenichi Ogawa is the IBF super featherweight title holder mm-hmm. from Japan. He's fought out of Japan twice in his life, one in Mandalay Bay against Seven Farmer, one against in Madison Square Garden to get the vacant title against Kuzile. Fighting Joe Cordina, who is, if I'm not mistaken, 14-0 in Wales. The title holder from Japan is fighting the guy that's only had 14 fights in Wales in his hometown. What does that say to you, just off the top of your head, about what's happening? Who owns the belt? Who's is it you're going to Wales for money? I mean, and as again, we're talking about this the, the, the mythical home court advantage. If you're the title holder, do you give up home court to go to Wales to fight a guy who's fought a handful of fights? Yeah, I think so it is all about money involved there too. Yeah, I think it is about the money. I think it's about the money. I think it's about the exposure because, as you mentioned, uh, the title holder is from Japan. Um, and the problem, too, for him with the champion is you may not have – the guy that you have doesn't have enough name recognition to fight him in Japan. So therefore, if he's 14 and 0, he has a little love, he's he's up and coming. Uh Wales, they're they're gonna back the hell out of their guy. Right. All right, you're only emotion off of that. Uh depending on who has the fight. Uh, a lot of people are gonna look at that from that standpoint. And then two, if uh the champion goes over there and takes down this up and coming guy 14-0 in his own backyard, he's gonna get some love for that. So you can say I want to fight at home and oh, I want to do this and I'm the champion, all that, but at times you got to go where the money is, and if they're and where the you're going to get more exposure, maybe too more fan interest. I mean, I I, I know about the Japan, you know, about as far as the Japanese, and when it comes to boxing, I don't know if they would go nuts over having this fight in Japan. Okay. So if that's the case, you have to go. I mean, think about it. How many other guys from outside of uh, the United States come here to fight? You know, they do it all the time. I mean, hell. Yeah, I wonder if uh, you guys like even Juan Manuel Marquez. I mean, they understand. I got to fight in Mexico. You don't even you don't even Canelo Alvarez saying that. You you just don't. You don't even, yes. I'm going to Mexico City and I'm gonna show the world. He's like, no, I'm going to get with that where that money is. <laughs> money is in Vegas. That money is in San Antonio. The money is in Dallas. That money is in Miami. So that's what it is. And I think this situation um, in regards to the champion from Japan is the same thing. Somebody must have told him that you do this, you get more exposure. Everything makes more sense to fight your opponent on his home turf, and uh, you get a lot more exposure as well. John, one of the things that I was thinking about when this popped up in my head, and we were talking about this in the past, is 
in my mind, it always seems to me that the belt holder holds all the cards. They get to say where they're going to fight. They get to say what they're going to do, what size gloves they wear, the whole nine yards. But what we're seeing sometimes, and this is, you know, Cambos is like, we're, we're fighting this fight in Australia, you know, and Payne is like, well, wherever, I'll fight wherever, you know. But it seems to me that with maybe, and Charles has mentioned this before, that it's not necessarily the arena that you fight in to fill the seats. It's the arena you fight in and how many things views you can get online. Now, I'm not sure that there are a lot of people going to be watching this fight online, but the point of what I'm trying to say is you're looking at a fight where the guy that has what I would have thought holds all the cards is going someplace to fight a guy who doesn't hold any cards, it looks like. If things change a little bit more, or it's always been that way, we just don't think of it that way. There's a question. Well, this is, yeah, no, it, I, I can just talk about it in a roundabout way. This, this is interesting. Now, this guy, the Japanese fighter, is the IBF champion. Now, the IBF is, is a lesser title, obviously. I mean, it's still considered a title. And I bet you what happened was, is his team said just what Charles said, that you can get more exposure, plus the promoter is going to give us more money to go there and fight in his backyard. He's just a young kid. He's only had 14 fights. You're 26 and one. You're, you had a no contest with Tevin Farmer. You've got the experience. You could beat this kid. Doesn't matter if they have a part of it. Now, I've seen this guy. He is a, a Cordina. He's very popular. He is, he's a handsome young kid uh, they all love. He's like a golden boy guy, right? So the crowd's going to be Bunkersville over there at Cardiff. So it's going to be kind of fun. Now I'm thinking I'm going to watch it just because I see how the crowd reacts to all this kind of stuff. But uh, I, I, I would think it's, it's pretty simple, Frank, that, yeah, he holds, he holds the card if he's an A guy. And the right. Japanese fighter is not. You know, he's not. It's Cambosis immediately became the A side when he beat Lopez, who was the A side, who beat the other A side. Right. This guy, he's he's like a, a minor. This sounds terrible. And I don't mean it disrespectfully, but it's just the way boxing is. The Japanese champion is a minor league champion. That's kind of the way they look at him. Who is he? I mean, we're like, who? Right. And and so he was willing to take the gamble to go there, I think. And like I said, I think the promoter probably said, look, I'll give you an extra 30 grand to go there. And he said. OK. So it sounds like a fair, fair gamble to me. Based on the records, he probably will win. But I don't want to say that because it's in Cardiff. And then we have all those right. shenanigans. Right. And right. England, England, from what I've seen the last few years, any fight in England or, or London or, or anywhere around the UK like that, I, you could win five rounds and lose out of six. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Seriously. I wrote about it in my article about uh, uh, the fight, Cambosis fight with Haney. Connor Hatton, uh, Ricky's son, right. fought a guy who was two and four, and the two and four guy beat him. I mean, oh, it was yeah. obvious to everybody who gets the decision. What I liked was even the Brits booed. Everybody knew it, but and and Eddie Hearn has complained that. The judging is, is horrendous, and he's right. But so he's he's got the flip side of Haney in a sense that, but I don't think he has as much power as, as Haney in the sense that Haney will get something if he wins. He'll be in the driver's seat. He'll, you know this: if he wins this fight, he's got to do this and this. But he's going to say, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do that and that." But you got to do this. You got to do this. Work. You right. got to do. You know, he's going to get something. 
this guy, I don't know if it gets anything except the victory. So it's 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 just unfortunately the way it is. It's like he he won the you know led the New York Penn League in slugging percentage. What does that get you? Right. Yeah. Big okay. deal. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, Charles. So you're supposed to say there's only one Connor Hatton at this point. So anyway. Uh, no. All right. No. I, no. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's let's jump to the next one that I think is going to be interesting. That I, I, I and I have no idea. We'll get all the predictions here in a minute. But um, Fulton against Roman. Now, Fulton is a champ, and Roman is a former champ. And Roman, you know, this is well. I'll just Charles, go ahead and tell me what you think about this because there there are so many little, little different things about this that I find interesting. So, what do you think is the the focal point of this fight? Well, I mean, like you said, a former champion and the current champion uh, coming in. And, of course, you know, Roman believes that he deserves that belt. Uh, he probably took on Fulton thinking that I can defeat him because not too many people, you don't usually fight somebody that you think is better than you. And, and I think that's what Roman is probably like. Maybe you think it's easy pickings because when you watch Fulton fight, he's been into some very tough, uh, difficult fights. And Roman is like, you know, you see Roman has been as a tough guy, right? He's a, he's a tough dude. And. You know, sometimes you think that toughness will take him down. Fulton, on the hand, is like, look, man, now I got this title now. I don't have any plans on giving it back any, any, you know, real quick. So it's almost like a, a, a test of two different wheels, right? I'm the champion. I want him to stay on top. I'm the guy that says, you know what? It's kind of like uh, uh, when you think about uh, my man uh, Chocolatito. You know, Chocolatito is like, damn it, I told you, I'm, I'm always going to be the champion. You know how that is. And think about Just that. Just not on paper, right? Yeah, yeah. So that being said, I think that's what makes it interesting. And uh, like you said, I think Fulton is out to really prove that he's not a uh, fly-by-night guy, right? He, he's really, I earned this, and I'm, I'm I'm in that upper echelon. I deserve it. Where Romans, on the other hand, is like, you just you just basically, you're you're holding it. Thank me. you for holding my belt. Yeah, yeah. And, and once I get another opportunity, I'm going to show you what time it is and we'll get back to business. So I think that's the the main, for me, that's the main um, focus right now because you got one guy trying to prove that he deserves it and going to stay there. Another guy's coming in going, I want my belts back. I want my belts back. So I think that that's a lot of intrigue there. Make should make for a great fight. John, what do you think? Because it, it seems to me that, you know, Roman's coming off a fight against Figueroa who – I think a lot of people thought were, was going to be the next guy. And then Fulton is, look, I'm like Charles said, I'm holding these belts. I'm keeping these belts. Is there going to be a, well, just, just tell me what you think. I'll come up with a question of that at some point. Yeah. Fulton, Fulton was the one who fought uh, Figueroa. Previously, oh, sorry, right? Right. Yeah. And, and see, I, I watched that fight. That was, yeah, that bad. was a fight that we were talking about. Like 10 people were in attendance and right. Oh, what is that? And there was there was basically nobody that was there. The fight right? that, was, that was the fight that was here that I didn't know about, right? Yeah, and nobody nobody seemed to care. Sorry about that. Nobody seemed to care about it, and uh, uh, we watched it, and it was a hell of a fight. I mean, Figueroa. That's how Figueroa fights. What I saw with Fulton, you know, he's the boxer, right? He only got eight knockouts, twenty no. The guy is gritty. The guy doesn't look like he he looks like a choir boy to me again. He looks like a guy a big gust of wind would blow him over. You right. know, he looks right. like one of those guys. Uh-uh. No, he's edgy. He's hungry. Uh, Daniel uh, Roman is older, uh, a little worn. 
So I, I, I go with Fulton here. I think Fulton's the fresher guy. I think he's the hungrier guy. I think he's faster. He's going to box circles around him. At least he's going to try. Now, Roman, Roman though, is a slow, slow starter. And I saw that before. It's going to be uh, tough when he starts coming on for Fulton. But uh, I, I think Fulton uh, is going to find a way to win this fight. Most likely by decision, unless he cuts him. Well, and the thing about it is that uh, Roman is he's what, 29 and 3 and 1, but he's only lost one fight since, was it 2016? 2013, actually. So, you know, all the losses happened a while ago. He's on yeah, a true. pretty in a pretty good stretch here. Um, so he should have some confidence. So it's going to be interesting to see which guy thinks that, again, former belt holder, multiple belt holders against current multiple belt holder, who really believes that, as Charles said, Who's holding the belt? And who deserves the belt? So yeah, that's going to be pretty interesting to see how that plays out. Definitely. Okay. Now we've got one more, and we get into all the predictions and things that we're talking about. And this one, I, I, I'm not even sure. I really don't know. This is going to happen after the weekend, and this is the monster of Noya Inouye against Lunito um, Denier. And you know, this is a fight that. I think we've talked on this show often enough that I think we'll watch it. Well, you guys tell me, but I'm not sure that we all can, the consensus is we want it to happen, but it's going to happen. So just to reiterate to the people, John, why do you think that maybe this fight shouldn't even be being held? Well, it, I understand why it's happening and I understand why Denier, Denier wanted it because he did do more damage to the monster than anyone previously, any other fighter. Uh, uh, but he lost a pretty wide decision and he got knocked down badly. And uh, it, it just seems to me that you're not going to get older, better two years later than you were. And, and the monster could be better now than he was the first time they fought. So it's a business fight is what it is because there's always going to be interest because it's the monster. We all know him. And Dunier, Dunier is a, a miracle man. I mean, hell, he's pushing 40 and he, here he is again. It's just, it scares me that he's always going to have that left hook, you know, that left hook, you talk about the great equalizer. And obviously he's got more of a, like we said a few weeks ago, he's got more chance than just the puncher's chance. Cause he's a, obviously he's a future hall of famer. He's a hell of a fighter. Uh, that left hook hurt uh, the monster a few times and some right hands. So he has a chance in this fight, no doubt about it. Our concern, the general general, general consensus is that he could get hurt in this fight, meaning he get knocked out badly. And it's, it's harder on you when you get knocked out badly when you're older, from what I understand. Doctors say that when you're younger, can do more damage. I don't want to see it. Denier is a class act, total class act, great sportsman doesn't make excuses. You know, he's, he's one of these guys that you wish more of the fighters were like, but most of them aren't. So as far as that goes, you know, he doesn't have to call people names and do all that. He's all about class and that's, that's cool. Well, he's like Chocolatito in that sense. That's why when Chocolatito got knocked out, it was so, Oh, you want to see it. You'll right? see this again right now. Right. So I'm, I'm concerned about that, but this is boxing and, and Dunier wanted to fight. Dunier didn't have to, take the rematch he wanted it so he's a man he wants to fight so hell yeah we're going to watch it but i might have one eye kind of i might be like this charles are we are we more sensitive to the situation than maybe we should be is it something that if, if he's going to fight why do we care 
Why are we concerned about it? He knows the risk better than we do. Or is it maybe he doesn't know the risk or he doesn't accept the risk? No, I think he knows the risk. And I don't think he accepted it because he believes that, you know, when he came back and he won the other fight and, and proved that he was a, you know, at, at his age, he was able to still keep moving on. And then, of course, the one thing that got away from me was, uh, in a way, you know, the monster uh, literally beating him almost to a pulp. And you could see the damage on his face and how hurt he was. And in a way, you know, he gave him the business. And Donaire gave him pretty much all he had, but he's thinking maybe as an older fighter, you know, I'm a champion. I still have something left. And I know what I did wrong. That's that's the one thing about a veteran boxer. They always go back and go, if I had done this, I bet you I would wipe the, you know, floor with that guy. So that type of thing. And that's who Donaire is. Let's be real. He's a proud guy. He's a proud champion. And he believes he can get it done. It reminds me of Manny Pacquiao. It really does. Reminds me of Manny Pacquiao. So for every time that you go, well, with Manny's old, he has that one thing, one shot that came out, and you're like, he beat Keith Thurman. like, oh, my God. And then you just keep thinking he's going to pull magic out of it. It's going to happen rabbit, again. Right. Pull that rabbit out of his hat. And as soon as the rabbit doesn't come out. So, no rabbit. Yeah, no, no rabbit. rabbit. So, you know, there'll be a presto. Must use the wrong coat. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> one of those things that um, – when you yeah. look at it from that standpoint, wrong hat. Yeah, 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 Where's wrong. Rocky at? Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, but I love those. You look at it from the standpoint of him trying to come up a little more magic, another magic trick, and and with the monster, you know, you know, in a way, it may not happen this time. So, are we over cautious? I am, yeah, because yeah, I love to see. I love boxing. I love great matches, right? But I'm also sensitive to a guy getting older. You know, I, the one thing I hate about it, watching somebody, we talked about Muhammad Ali being in the ring too long. I, right. I the, the whole Jerry Corey having to fight because he didn't have any money and really almost being beaten senseless to a pulp. I don't like that. I don't like it. I think there should be enough money in, around boxing where you can take care of people where they don't have to do certain things. Even if you do that so-called uh, the little gullible uh, doorman thing and pay the man enough money to live. Let me stay in a hotel, whatever you need to do. There should be enough money for somebody to do that. I don't want to see, I guess my point is to get off this very quickly. They, boxers, especially the great ones, like uh, Adonair, gives us so much great entertainment and enjoyment watching them being the best at their, you know, at their time, in their prime. And we should not have to, and it may not happen, maybe I'm just being too over, over you know, cautious, but we, I don't want to see him damaged because he felt like he needed to do something. He had something to prove. To me, he's done enough. You never fight another damn fight. I'm good. I don't I don't ever want to see an older fighter, anybody hurt and damaged for the sake of trying to prove a point. I just, last but not least, I just remember the fight that really broke my heart. And I still, it almost made me stop watching boxing. Um, Boom Boom Mancini and Duku Kim. Duku Kim never stopped. Right. He, even when he, when, he, when he was in the ring, he would have went back out there if they let him. And, and right. I don't ever want to see that again. So I, that's the reason why I'm a little overcautious about this situation with them here. Well, it, it reminds me, John, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to ask the question. I was going to look it up. But off the top of your head, what is Roy Jones Jr.'s current record? Uh, oh, geez. I don't know. I think he's lost, like, what, eight or nine fights now? Uh one like 
50 something or maybe more. And he's got a lot of knockouts. I remember that, but he's lost for, and it's always hard for me to think that because for a while that man was invincible. I mean, that right. man was a joy to watch. I mean, he, he was untouchable, but I think, is he lost like nine fights now, Frank? Yeah. I just, they just came up 66 and nine. Okay. Yeah. Nine. I knew it was nine losses. I don't know. I thought yeah. it was like 56 and nine. Six, six, yeah. 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 56 and nine. And that yeah, was reason, painful. Right. That was and painful. the reason I asked that, because I, that's the exact same thing. My recollection of Roy Jones Jr. is he was invincible. And in my mind, who's he lost to? He hasn't lost anybody. Who, who the hell did he lose to? And Charles is going to throw that, our favorite Joe Calzaghe thing in there. But really, I mean, who has he lost to? Because who has he fought? Well, everyone that was able, he was able to fight, he beat. And then it comes to now he's still out there. Now, is he out there for the money? Is he out there because he can't play basketball anymore? Money. Why is he still out money. there? Yeah, exactly. Money. And you're like, wow, why is he still out there doing this? And the thing with Donaire is, I don't know if Donaire has money problems. He might, who knows. But is it the, the pride of, I can't get away from it? And we've all been athletes we've all been former athletes we all know what we're talking about is i'd still like to go if i could and if you can and it's not going to kill you why not do it but i think we're at the point where we're looking at it, it's like someone's got to step in and say you need to stop and the fact that he's got to fight against in a way is even more ludicrous i think yeah, I don't think he has any money problems. I just think he thinks that he's a very young 39. I do. I, I don't think he think he and he has said that. I'm not I'm not being the genius here. He said that he's better now 39 than he was when he was 29. So he thinks in his mind he's better. So your 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 point of of if you can call it delusion or whatever, but he's got some belts to prove that, Hey, he's pretty damn good still. Yeah, true. So the thing true. with Roy Jones was we could all tell that he he had fallen a long way. He just couldn't do it. I mean, the, the Calzaghe fight is an example of where, yeah, I love Calzaghe. He's a paisan, of course. I, but I was watching Roy Jones going, that's only a shadow of Roy Jones. That is not, Joe, don't be so thrilled you beat him. He knocked you down. You know, don't forget that. But don't be too thrilled because that isn't the guy. That isn't the guy that I remember. And that guy in, in Australia, there we go again. I think it was a Dennis, somebody knocks Roy out. It's like, you know, you can get all excited if you want, but that's not Roy. You know, that's not the Roy. That's a, that, like I said, that's a shadow of Roy. I, I don't think that's Donier. I, Donier has lost some fights. I saw him get stopped by the straw man, Nicholas Walters in, uh, in uh, uh, Southern California. That was a stunner. Yeah. He's lost the, the, the monster. He still got it. He's a little slower, but he isn't obviously over the hill like Roy Jones was like when I saw oh this was the worst because I love this man when I saw Matthew Saad Muhammad getting beat by guys that he would have looked at they would have fallen down when he was right. in his prime I mean that that is the kind of pain that you just hate for and that happens in other sports when you see a guy that you know he's over the hill and he can't do it anymore and he's he's still trying I think Dunier obviously is over the hill but he's He's still climbing that hill a little bit. He's still able to do things uh, that a lot of guys 10 years younger than him can't do. But so I think it's I don't think it's money. I think it's legacy. Uh, I think he believes that he can do it. And and that's all that can be a dangerous combination of things when you're believing and, and you can run into something like a monster 
and get hurt. And that's, that's what has me kind of worried too. I mean, it's his life, but I don't, hopefully if he gets beat up really bad, like last time his face was really bad, don't let it go. Just, just stop it. You know, don't let him take any unnecessary punishment because the monster's going to lay it on him. And, 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 but he'll, he'll do it very, very, uh, what's the word? I was going to say quietly, but he doesn't do anything quiet. He's going to be very wary of that left hook. So it's going to be interesting. All right, Charles, to put a to put a bow on this, let's look at this from a positive spin a little bit. Just and we're gonna make you go back in the archives here. Someone that, that we thought was past it that wasn't past it, we survived the test or whatever. Just one or two that just off the top of your head to go, okay, we were saying the same thing about this guy, and he was able to make it work. Um, one that you're gonna definitely hate, but I'm gonna say it, Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't why do you think I hate Sugar Ray Leonard? I hate one fight. I hate one fight. That was the fight I'm talking about because everybody okay. swore that Sugar Ray Leonard was done and Marvin, Mar- Marvelous Marvin Hagler was going to teach him a lesson. Um, definitely him because that was just, it was major. Um, and to make it simple, John Camus, the other one was Pacquiao. Pacquiao beating Thurman was major. Yeah. That, that was a major hurrah because I'm sitting there going like, man, why'd why? you come back? Why are you doing it? And, and, you know, Keith Thurman was a top-notch guy, but they actually Keith Thurman got taught a lesson, one he'll never forget. He he was somebody literally taught him how to to fight. He became a professional boxer. He was always running his mouth talking about how great he was, and and I'm not saying he's a bad dude, but one of the masters taught him a lesson. You know, it's like trying to say you the great one, of the greatest masters of kung fu, till you meet the you know you meet one of the you know one one of the monks and they take you take you to school. So I'd say that that happened. So yeah, Pacquiao and then also Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay, John. Well, he, and 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 uh, Charles helped me because Keith Thurman. I, we a lot of people thought he was over the hill after he lost the Pacquiao. That, right, exactly. He was right. done. Uh, Barrios was going to give him a lot of trouble. He didn't look good against Jose De Lopez, so that was another sign that he was past it. He looked really good against Barrios. He's not over the hill. He, okay, he might be working his way towards the other side, but he's still got a hell of a lot left. Right. You know, uh, 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 you talk about recent, recent history of, no, of, just, of just anybody. Yeah. Well, uh, I can remember when, uh, Jose Napoli's people were saying he was over the hill after with the Carlos Monzon fight. And then he, he defended his title and then he did eventually lose, but you, you never can tell with some guys because they always have one left, you know, it's a cliche. So that's what Donier is working on here. I think I got one great one left. Now I got to do is catch him. But, uh, uh, well, even Muhammad Ali, you know, I remember this was against lesser opposition, but I watched all his fights, but I was, when he fought, um, uh, uh, Rudy Lubers or whoever that guy, I think he went to London then and fought Richard Dunn. And okay, it's Richard Dunn, but he was to me because obviously I loved him. He's doing the windmill against Richard yeah, Dunn. Right. I was busting up laughing. He's knocking him down. I mean, he's not the same guy, but he's still got something left. And he had a hella, he had enough left to beat Ernie Shavers. Yeah, true. When true. he got tagged a number of times. So you might have thought he was over the hill and he was at a degree, but then he sure wasn't. wasn't. And then yeah. the last thing. After he lost to Leon Spinks, he comes back and he beats Leon Spinks easy. So Muhammad was the obviously the most dynamic and, and amazing fighter ever in my in my lifetime. 
So there's been a lot of them. I mean, George Foreman is a great example. When he lost to Jimmy Young, everyone, oh, he's done. Look what he did when he came back. So it, it happens quite a bit in boxing. And that's that's where I was going to go. I was going to George Foreman. The fact that, you know, he's making incremental steps, but come on, he's not going to win a title, is he? No, it's not. Gonna, eh. He's getting another. He's not going to get a title shot. He isn't. He's not going to beat Michael Moore. And like, he won. <laughs> and the other one that I have that might be a little bit different than than the way we're looking at it is uh, Glenn Johnson, because Glenn Johnson went from being basically looked like a welterweight when he came back, or when he started getting older. He's getting smaller and getting into fights that you know he shouldn't be able to get into. And be able to, to take care of business. Well, that's always one of my favorite guys because he just, like, as Charles said, he's going to bring it. You know, you're going to get his yeah. best effort. He's classy you know, he's guy. Get, you know, he's going to get screwed on a decision. So he's got to win by knockout somehow. And he's not a knockout fighter. So what's he going to do? But when he came, when he entered the ring, and I'm going to forget who, he, who it was, it was in the in the, the tournament, I went, oh my God, he's 20 pounds smaller than he used to be. What in the world is that? So, you know, but he, he said, I'm going to get in shape. I'm getting in better shape or smaller shape, wherever you look at it. And I'm going to get the job done. And I'm sure if we had a time to think about it, we'd come up with a lot more examples. So it's a possibility that Donaire can do something here. Of course, we said yes. that the last time and he didn't. So, okay. All right. So let's yes. get down to, let's get down to brass tacks here. We've got a few fights looking at, um, and we're on a roll here, gentlemen. I don't know if we're keeping tabs of this or not, but uh, we're what, like five of the last six, something like that. We've hit it right. So, I mean, you know, you guys are experts, so you're supposed to go through that. Let's say, all right, <laughs> let's let's start with this one, Charles. Let's start with uh, the monster and Donaire. How does this play? Um, I, I would like I would like for Donaire to win this fight. I really would, but uh, the monsters. I mean, this is not just some average guy. This is a guy that beat you already before. Uh, he's still coming on. I'm not sure if Donair has another bullet in the gun. If he does, he's going to have to shoot it, and he's going to have to fight the perfect fight. And I think somewhere or another, what's going to be his, uh, un, what's going to be the reason why this fight unravels for him, is the factor that he's going to want to engage with, uh, with uh, you know, with in a way. And I think that's going to cause a major problem. He's going to try to prove that I still got it at 39. Blah blah blah. In a way, it's going to be like. Blah, blah, Oh man, stay in your stay in your lane. Cause in a way could fall and slip. I mean, he could win the fight, but I just think that's gonna be the undoing. He's gonna try to bang with this kid at some point. And in a way, it's like, you know what? All I know is how one way to fight, and I think that's gonna come down to. So I'm gonna uh say, ooh, it's gonna be a stoppage. In a way, it's gonna stop him. And it's not gonna be because he just knocked him silly. I think there's going to be a lot of cuts and by around eight, seven, or eight, probably eight, they're going to say that's enough. Okay. So. Yeah. He's, he's going to have to shoot that bullet, go get it, put it back in the gun and shoot it again. Right. John, what do you think? Yeah, I pretty much agree. I, I, I think that, that when Anaway going to, he knocked him there down once the first fight, I think he might knock him down a couple of times this time, uh, at least once. He's just going to beat him up. Because he's not going to be, he's going to try not to be reckless. That's what I think. Because he's he's a smart fighter in a way, and he knows. I mean, remember, Daniel broke the orbital bone in his eye. Right. He right. doesn't want that again. 
he knows how it happened. He's also thinking, okay, I did something wrong. I got hit with that shot. So it'll probably be very uh, uh, technical and, and, and strategic in the early going, I would think, until it breaks it, like they say, oh, now we have a fight. Yeah. And that's where Donier will get in trouble, unless he lands that dynamic shot that we're talking about or manages to hurt Inouye and keeps him at bay a little bit. Because the minute Inouye starts finding a yeah, that that that's not good, and I I, I agree with Charles. I I think uh, it's a stoppage. Since Charles said, what did Charles say? Eight. Eight. I was thinking like round nine or ten, somewhere around there. Yeah, and it, he'll be cut and knocked down, and like I said, hopefully they show mercy. They don't want him to be on his back or anything, and they just say that's it. And in a way, probably ahead by six rounds to three or something like that, maybe seven to two, just to the knockdown and by points a lot more. But yeah, I. I I just can't see Donier uh, pulling the 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 pulling the miracle here. Well, I'm looking at TKO in the sixth. I don't think it's going to go that far. I really don't. I, and and only because when it like like you said, once the train starts moving, it's not going to stop. So the first three four rounds, maybe you know, in a way, we'll be feeling him out, protecting that eye, doing a couple things. But once he once it goes. There's nothing else that can be done. So yeah, I, I'm saying I'm thinking six. You know, it's going to take a round or two to get that kind of damage. But once it, they prove that there's nothing else that Donair is going to be able to do, they're just going to wipe wipe it off. I think so. There's there's that. Okay, Fulton Roman Charles. Uh, Fulton, uh, I think wins that. John mentioned earlier point about him being younger, uh, being a little lot more active. Uh, Roman is going to take enough time to try to get warmed up. Uh, maybe by if he, the longer it goes, the more chance Roman has because of the fact that he can work inside and start to put some things together. Um, the fact that Fulton may not be a guy who's going to stop him, um, that's going to give Roman more time. You know, if you're fighting a guy a little bit more, more pop, it might be a problem. But I'm gonna go with uh, Fulton. Uh, he could possibly stop him just because of the action, but I'm gonna go Fulton the unanimous decision. Okay, John. Yeah, that's that's how I'm thinking too. I, I Roman takes now, and he might try to start faster, but I don't know if it's going to make a difference. He might try it, doesn't mean he can do it. I think Fulton will probably sprint out to a lead, and then Roman will do what he does, which is come on. And that's where Fulton has to be careful. Can't lose the championship rounds. Can't let Roman do that to him like he did a few fights ago. Uh, Roman did. He was losing badly, and he came on the last five or six rounds. So I'm thinking he's going to try to do the same thing with Fulton. Fulton will Fulton though see he's he's a boxer but he likes he likes the bang on the inside and, and he like I said he's a greedy fighter so that could be that could hurt him or help him depending on if he can land some uh, good shots he's not a hard puncher so I think he's gonna he's the sharpshooter you know he's a surgeon so I, I see him also winning a, a unanimous decision but a close decision you know like. 115, 113, 116, 112, something something along those lines. Well, I'm I'm looking at first of all, can anyone tell me why Minneapolis? <laughs> I, I've been I've been looking at it for the last few days. I'm like, I can't figure out why it's in Minnesota, and I haven't really got any any real feedback on it. So uh, oh Frank, uh they do usually sell out that arena. That's well, okay. that's that's so why this, this is Charles saying it's the cash grabbing it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it this way. I'm, I'm thinking split decision Roman. 
I, I just think that that it, it, at some point he's going to string together two or three, four rounds where he looks like he knows a little bit more about what he's doing in the ring than the other guy. And mm-hmm. that may build a little momentum on the, on the downstretch. Now, again, I was looking at who, who's going to have the home cook in there, but then also because I got to be you know, contrary to what you guys say. So I'm going to say uh, split decision Roman. So there. All right. Okay. I, I have to, that's, that's my job. I've got to do that. Okay. The, the big one, we'll, we'll forget about the fight in Wales there since we really don't know what the heck's <laughs> going on there. Um, okay, what do you think? Uh, uh, not, uh, not whatever his name is, Ngawe or never mind. Okay. Um, Cambosis. Cambosis in Australia. Charles. You would do that, you son of a dog in heat. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I really thought about this guy. I knew you was how you was gonna come at it, but you know what? Here, here it goes. Uh, I think it goes the whole. I think it goes the distance. I really do. Um, I think it's gonna be a hell of a fight. Devin Haney's trying to prove something that he's one of the best. Got a lot of pressure on him. Cambos is like I'm home and a lot of. So anyway, I'm gonna go with uh, unanimous decision. Cambos. Okay. Yeah, and because of the fact that Devin Haney is capable of winning this fight, but there are a lot of things against him, and Cambosis is not going anywhere. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to will and win this fight. He's gonna have to do a lot to win this fight. And my only thing is, we've seen uh, Haney in trouble before. Right. We've seen him get in trouble, and when you can't turn to your dad and look around or whatever. I just don't know if he – I know he has an inning and it's going to come out at some point. I'm not sure if this is the time where he's going to be able to dig deep by himself and go, yeah, because Cambosis is like, he's coming. And, and I think – and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to say, all right, Charles, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I got this and I'm going to show you. I could be totally wrong, but with all of the heat and everything going on, if he gets in trouble, it could be a long afternoon. So I'm going to go with Cambosis and unanimous decision. Okay, okay. All right, John. What do you think? Makes perfect sense. I, I, I. Uh, it's hard to go against Cambosis because, in a sense, he has all the advantages as far as all that stuff goes. Uh, uh, but I'm going to be like you, Frank. I'm going to go the opposite. No, <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> no, no I, I think. Yeah, well, I can help it. I think that. Uh, uh, okay, and then qualifying again what Charles said the better fighter doesn't always win basically. And I think Devin Haney is a better fighter than Cambosis. He did manage, Haney did manage to get some three neutral judges, none from Australia and none from the States. That's good. But then they're going to have all these raucous drunken Aussies screaming at everything Cambosis does. Ambos swing and miss and they'll scream. This is really tough for Haney, but just to make the show interesting, I'm going to say Haney wins by split decision. Okay. All right. Or a draw. One or the other. Or a draw. Well, now that's where I was kind of. Okay. I'm going to go a little recap here of what we've seen from Devin Haney. Um, United decision in his last three fights Gamboa, Linares. It's going the limit. It's going the limit. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing. And if it's going the limit, I'd have to say that the limit is going to be the guy that beat Tefion Lopez by split decision in Madison Square Garden. I think that it, by all accounts, it should be Haney. 
just on right. on all the things that we talk about, but it doesn't mean it's going to work that way. Yeah. Um, the home cooking and all the intangibles that we talked about earlier, I think are going to be the things that play against it. And it's just going to be maybe a round or two here and there. As Charles said, it may be a look. It may be a, a, yeah. a, a something where, you know, I should be getting this instruction and I don't. I should be hearing this word. Maybe even be a syllable. Something should be coming from the corner and I don't get it. And then I go back in the ring. I don't know how to operate the way I should have. It's going to be that close, razor thin. But that could be enough. And I, I, like both yeah. said, I think it's going to be a, it's going to go down to the wire. It's going to be a hell of a fight. It's going to be a close fight. But a close fight in Australia, it could be a Jeff Horn Sadly. syndrome all over again. Yeah. So, Sadly. yeah. I, I, yeah, I take Cambosis, uh split decision. It it, it it could be a draw. You're right. It could be a draw. But I think that he pulls it out or it's pulled out for him. Might be a better way of putting it. But it's going to be something where at the end of the day, you're going to go, wow. Okay. Now. Yeah. And, and by the way, guys, I saw on the Ring, uh, Ring website, they had 20 of the so-called boxing experts pick. Didn't call and I think it was pretty much split. <laughs> We weren't on there. I know it was split pretty much evenly on who's going to win. So it, it, it has everyone going and everyone's qualifying it. So it, it, it just hope that the decision is fair. That's, that's what Haney yeah. keeps saying. Look, I just want a fair decision. In other words, if he loses convincingly, okay. If he wins and loses, then come on. And the problem is, is that's happened too many times in boxing. Right, yeah. And when we were talking about Lara last week, I thought about your guy, Paul Williams, uh, Frank, and, and Laura beat the crud out of Paul Williams and lost the decision. And that was right. stuck yeah. with me all these years. And what, what can happen at boxing? Uh, and, and yeah, I won't be surprised at all if I'm sitting there going, okay, Haney won that fight, but I'm writing a line that says Cambosis won it, won it by split decision. That that's, it's, that's the disgusting part about boxing. Well, we brought up Roy Jones Jr. Again, and I always see that Olympic fight where you're going, what huh what were you people watching oh you weren't watching you were already marking your ballast before it happened got it yeah so this could be that thing and again this this has i don't think as in cambosis it's just we fought the fight in his backyard what are you gonna expect so i don't know it's interesting we've got a couple other things that we could touch on we'll get to later more things have been announced more things have been formalized but as you know folks we'll be back back yeah blah, 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 blah. That's all, folks. I guess we'll go that way. Um, uh, this this broadcast sponsored by John's new computer, and we'll go from there. Uh, <laughs> thank you once again for being here. We'll get to some more stuff later. Uh, but this is a, a nice action-packed weekend, plus a couple of days to get to the uh, in a way donair fight and more stuff. So thanks again, folks, and enjoy your week.